This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs, as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Here and Hunter, what are you doing? Oh no, Hunter, you can't. Oh no, Hunter, you can't tube in on Carl pooling. We've talked about this. Oh, oh I, I didn't know you. I, I, oh, I, ah, how I, hard is it? How hard is it to go about your normal work day and not touch yourself sexually? Oh, thank God you're not talking about the paint-by-number I was doing. Holy cow. I, I've told oh. you... Oh, sorry. I was switching topics, Hunter. You know I've been telling you, you can't spend the entire episode doing a paint-by-number of Jeffrey Tubin's junk. Um, <laughs> there's too many too many shades. and I, I, I'm literally you, on, like, number 500 at this And you point. can't focus. You never focus. You know this. How yeah, so? Yeah. But anyway, let's go back to switching topics. How can you not go through one call? <laughs> like, just wait a second. What's going on just at home? I've got so many questions. And you know what's so funny to me, Hunter, is that while mm-hmm. they were they were having a mock election where they had a bunch right. of their you know CNN analyst friends performing this fake election, they had somebody playing Trump. They had somebody playing Biden. Well, by that I mean they had. A trash can with a locking lid playing <laughs> Biden, and apparently the the this um, election porn was so tantalizing to Jeffrey Tubin that he just couldn't help but try and try and relieve himself uh, of his own devices. Is there anything funnier? Just take it on his face value. Is there anything funnier than some be- a, a CNN contributor being suspended over? <laughs> masturbating while fantasizing about the election like <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so oh, funny uh, and this is. is a this is a guy who you know systematically misrepresented evidence from right. the Mueller report and then you know big impeachment gate guy and uh <laughs> more <laughs> this isn't going to be a pun but it is more hard evidence against Jeffrey Tubin than there ever was against Trump huh <laughs> yeah no doubt i i thought the part that i liked the most was Rachel Maddow and another legal analyst on her show just like could not keep it together for like 30 seconds of television like right? doing their absolute darndest not to just bust a guy <laughs> because it was just too i mean how bizarre is that like it's insanity so Rachel anyway. Maddow. Uh, you know what's so sad about her, yeah. too? Is that you can see how charismatic and funny she is sometimes. And then she snaps uh-huh. back into this mode of being, you know, the, the America's terrible, the world's terrible, I'm terrible, you're terrible. And the only way we're not... You know, she goes into this, like, this depressingly unfunny mood when she's being serious. But she does seem like such a likable sure. person. Um, at other times. Yeah, well, I think that goes along with the the moral aggrandizing. Yeah. Right? 
like whichever whichever group is doing that is also going to be playing the depressing part um, but with no meaning associated with it it's one thing to be depressing and give people meaning it's quite another to just be like it's horrible you know what you're totally right and in the milieu of all that depression who am i to say that Jeffrey Tubin doesn't need a little pick-me-up during the day. Anyway, Jeez, we can probably leave that story alone. What is it with Jeffrey? I think he's got it handled, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeffrey's and Anthony's, I feel like. Um, yeah. Be it it's scary. Or Wiener. Um, anyhow, right. I, I tweeted earlier today that I think that Democrats are too stupid for email and maybe laptops, and maybe just information technology in general, because you've got the Mm. Biden email scandal, you've got the Clinton-Benghazi scandal, plus the Clinton email scandal. You've got Anthony Weiner and uh, his junk, and now you've got Hunter Biden and pictures of his junk, and I was just thinking, and now Jeffrey Tubin, it's just like, if the, and what was that senator, was it a senator or congresswoman that was banging the help and taking pictures of it? Oh, I think it was a congresswoman, but it escapes me at the moment. Oh, man, I wish I could remember her name. I'll search it when you're telling a story. But um, but okay. at any rate, it's just like, if that happened to anybody on the right, like if that was, if that was I, I don't know, pick your guy, um, Clavin. Let's say it was Clavin. He wouldn't have, he sure, wouldn't have a right. job. He would have to move to Iran to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, and, yeah. and Jeffrey Tubin, he'll be back on CNN in a month. Uh, but it's just so funny to me that the Democrats are—they know that the, they're weak. Nobody ever goes after them, and the media is always going to have their back. And they right. literally—it's made them so weak. It's made them so stupid. They can't even use email or webcam or Zoom. Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Email. Anyway, um, hey, yeah, let, it's let's insane. put that story back in our pants. And uh, tell the people why they're here, mm-hmm. Hunter. Why are the people here? Welcome to Carl Pulling. It's a show between two brothers about all things politics, uh, religion, philosophy, um, history maybe, or some science, art. Uh, we're just two brothers that have conversations. We used to have them in a moving Honda 2010 Civic. And we got tired of that because COVID happened and we're not allowed to be friends or talk to each other anymore except digitally in this new, brave new world. And so it rests nice and quietly in my driveway and we work from uh, each each of our home studios recording this show just for you. So welcome to the show. We got quite a zinger for you today. Uh, I think you've completed your Google search based on your facial expression. Katie Hill. <laughs> there <Yep>. we are. <laughs> and uh, And... That's right, Hunter, you you mentioned that we make this podcast just for you, the listener, and I do want everybody to remember that we only release one download of the episode per episode. So if you are listening to this right Mm -hmm. now, just know that this is the special episode only for you, only you can listen to it. Yeah. And uh, so just know that that's the kind of quality and care that we put into uh, each each subscribers episode uh the jokes are tailored specifically to your palate um correct um this was a we had we tried to work this out with apple they said that's crazy there's no way you can do that um we sacrificed a goat to steve jobs and he said sure no problem yeah um so i guess it's just some advice for the other podcasts out there is if you're looking for an inside scoop uh get your uh finest goat your firstborn spotless 
Um, Steve Jobs will take no less and uh, gut it in your backyard and set it on fire. The I don't know <laughs> what you're doing right now. I don't know if this is Hamlet or the Old <laughs> Testament. I do know one thing for certain. I wish that the witches of Endor were actually in Star Wars because I feel like Ewoks were the wrong way to go. I think a planet full of yeah. witches would have been way better, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right, roadkill. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I know what you're thinking. How can you go on to roadkill now when you've already made fun of Jeffrey Tubin? Look, right. we're done with it. We're hands off that story. Uh, we're going to move on to something else, right, Hunter? I mean... Yeah, exactly. We can't... Hands off. We can't keep... We can't keep uh, messing around with that while we've got work to do, so... How long is this going to go? This is going to be the whole episode. Are you kidding me? Okay. This is the greatest news that's ever had. Like, stop the press, Hunter. Stop the press. It happened yesterday. I know. Front page today. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, we got a zinger here. For those who are just turning in uh, for the first time, um, we do a segment on Carl Pulling called Roadkill. Uh, it's where we find an article from the internet that doesn't need us to make fun of it, but we'll make fun of it anyway. Um, because why else are you listening to the show? Um, so this one comes to us from the New York Post. Ooh, taboo. Wow, not supposed to say that name out loud. I know. Um, How did we get away with this? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe after all the tubid jokes, it won't matter. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the, the title from this article is San Diego schools won't count attendance or late work towards grades. Uh, let's just get you those first two paragraphs in here real quick. Give me those first two. And a, po- and a possible preview of New York City uh, Department of Education policy, San Diego schools will no longer consider late work attendance or behavior when determining final grades. The San Diego Unified School District School Board voted unanimously for the changes, arguing that the now ousted metrics exaggerate racial inequality. Uh, inequity. I don't want to misquote. Crud. Anyway. So... Racial inequity. So this is the same thing as like the the Black Historic Society yes. posted. Same flavor, where it's like, yes. hey, you know what? Being logical, being on time, getting your work done—that's a white thing. That's black people right. can't be on time. Black people can't turn their right. work in. The other thing that I thought was so incredible about that article is that they are now basing grades off of your what they're calling mastery in the subject instead of right. how well you're doing. So effectively, if at the beginning of the semester you are like hydrocephalic brain dead, and then at the end of the semester you're still brain dead, but you have less fluid on your on your cranium, then you're going to get an A, which is just an right. insane stand. I mean, this is just really, really stupid. It's a really yeah. stupid thing to do. And also, it's just racist. It's just racist. There's no reason that black and brown children can't achieve as much or more than their less oppressed counterparts, case in point, Chinese kids. Clean up time and time again. You're just racist. You're just a bunch of racists. You're just a bunch of racists. California takes the the, um, equal rights clause out of their constitution so that they can pander to this crowd, so that they can make even more aggressive affirmative action legislation, and it's just 
racist. It's, and I'm not saying that on the behalf of white people. I'm saying that because you are saying right. that without... You're saying the minority can't achieve. Yeah, without a benevolent master in the government, black and brown people can't achieve the same as white or yellow people. You're just racist. You're just a disgusting racist. Yeah. What else can you say about it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, I think it's dumb and stupid and bad. I think there is something to be said for the fact that, look, if you come from like an impoverished family, you know, it may be harder for you to get to school. You know, there I can see extra problems with all that. Um, I don't think the solution to that is to not penalize your entire student body. Um, I think, you know, I think there's you know, different ways to care for that problem than simply saying we don't value tardiness anymore. Um, I can see a point of like not allowing it to affect your test grades. And, um, you know, but I think the thing that like makes the most sense to me is like as an employer, what I really, you know, the whole reason people go to school and get grades and get, and get GPAs and things like that is so that employers can make Seth, safe bets on employees Mm -hmm. like that's that's the system right and so like if you remove the effectiveness of you know what that gpa says about an individual then employers don't know how to make bets on employees um and there's plenty of obvious consequences one of those would be they're less you know they're less likely to hire certain people um but also they probably would pay less uh starting wages right lower starting salaries because why would you pay when you can't make a good bet and like attract top talent? Why would you pay someone, you know, a higher salary at this? So I, you're making, you're making employees a a more risky investment, right? Yeah. Without increasing the upside, you're just increasing the risk of the downside that cheapens the price that you would pay simple economics. Right. Right. And so I think like the very, very, I think this is a policy that, one is racist two is just bad you know what i mean like it just doesn't make sense it doesn't achieve the ends that you want it to it's going to hurt these kids in the long run um so you're you're totally right and that's that's the thing too hunter is is that you think that you're setting these kids up for success by artificially inflating their gpa also dude the bus is not run what do you mean tardiness people aren't tardy from public school because they're tardy because they're cutting class they're tardy because they're in the hall they're not there to learn you think by not holding them to that standard what you think uh, you know the reason these people don't care is because they they think that your boss also shouldn't be allowed to uh, fire you because you're tardy in fact, yeah. they don't think you should have to work at all. This is apparent through their agenda. It's just a, it's just an insane uh, policy that's divorced from any type of reality. If it gets instituted broadly across the United States, then it will destroy us. If it gets instituted locally, then none of those kids will have jobs. So, sorry about that. See you later. Mm. We're creating the yeah. next wave of welfare queens in droves. Uh, San Diego, you crap hole. Anyhow, Aww, sweet. You, you know what? And that's that's a really good point to focus in on here. Just I'll say this real quick, Hunter, because we had this discussion. I think it's worth saying, but obviously there's mm-hmm. not an episode in it. Uh, sure. Uh, the the powers that be, that you know, they're making this policy because they want to help out uh, 
what they consider to be dis disadvantaged kids. And in some cases, I'm sure these kids truly are disadvantaged. Right. Yeah, exactly. However, this authoritarian top down, we will cram equality onto you kicking and screaming. We will make you equal even if you don't like it. And the less you Mm -hmm. like it, the more equal we will make you. That Mm -hmm. never achieves the goal that our authoritarian betters set out to achieve. Never. Right. They're they're not that smart. And that's why that's the difference between conservatism conservatism and leftism in a nutshell. Conservatism says, let's keep things small, let's hold back, let's stick to the enumerated powers of the government as laid out in the Constitution, because we've realized over time that we are not as smart as we think that we are. And oftentimes when we take super fascistic control and try and direct it in a certain area, we completely fail. And we achieve the opposite of what we wanted to achieve. We see this with um, racial sensitivity training and workplaces across America. You could, there's a million different um, examples. What about the forestation policies in California? Right. Did we achieve yeah. the goal that you were looking for? <laughs> You know, you didn't right. want to chop down a couple trees and clear some brush so that there would the trees would stay standing. Did you achieve what you were looking for, Gavin Newsom? I don't think right. that you did. So anyway, um, th- that's what we realized. And leftism, on the other hand, thinks that government's got. We've talked about it before. They think that it, it, they'll, he will cure all wounds and cure all sadness and, and dry all tears. And then he won't. So anyway. All right. Enough said about that, I suppose. Unless you had a final point, final point, Hunter, final word, stick it in there. Let's get my, it. My final, my final point is point B. Great point. Thank you. Let's zip that segment up, um, like Jeffrey Tubin in the middle of a uh, a Zoom call. All right. <laughs> is this our new? Is this our new show? Is this just how, the Jeffrey Tubin review how, show? How do you? How do you, How do you, you do continue this? to do a podcast after a political podcast after something like this happens? How? Oh, it's a gift. Um, it's a gift. It's so funny to see all these magazines and newspapers cover for him when he won't even cover himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, um, Hunter, what's our topic today? What are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about why Donald Trump is the best and why Joe Biden is the worst. Uh, no, we're talking Heck more yeah. or less about. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're talking more or less today about. I I forget what shows we've done and what shows I think we should do, but I believe we did a show about the debate. Yeah, did we do that? Maybe. Okay. Did okay. we? I don't know. Write in. Tell us if we did a show about the debate. Let us know. So anyway, but the first, I guess in simple, a simple parlance is, the first debate was really, 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 really bad for Trump. Um, and really bad if you like the ideas that his party stands for, um, and really bad just, just for human decency. And we've seen a couple of things happen over the, the next couple of weeks that have been different in a sense. We've seen the ACB hearing. Uh, we've seen Trump's town hall and, and Joe Biden's town hall, too. I think there's some interesting points there. And um, we've seen uh, Pence and Kamala's debate. And we've just seen some, you know, what you could say is the ideas 
of the conservative movement without all the trappings of Trump's personality, his delivery, and his just, you know, incredible rudeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we found is, at least to us, is, and I think a lot to the American people too, is that the ideas that are on one side of the aisle are just strictly better than the ideas that are on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you see that play out when you have calm, measured leadership uh, sharing those ideas. And right. so our, our, I think our discussion today is just kind of to go through that and kind of show, you know, how the how it really matters how the message is packaged. And let's um, let's do that in three parts. So let's let's because okay. I think there's been three major examples of that. Um, let's start with Pence's debate. Pence did a, sure. a fantastic job, I think. Then we can talk a little bit yes. about the Amy Coney Barrett hearings and also ACB the um, the general temperature of the population surrounding her. And okay. then I want to move into I want to move into Trump's town hall, which was also okay. technically a debate, only he was debating the moderator um, right. in this instance. But he was so diff- he looked so different in that town hall compared to his debate. Right. And I think he did a much better job of, about focusing on his record and minimizing his personality. Um, mm. Okay, but let's let's before we jump into those three areas. In your own experience, like I guess a question I have for the listeners this week is, in your own experience, if you've been talking politics with somebody that that hates Trump or, or, or doesn't like conservatives or is voting for Biden, have you ever had an argument with them where the central theme of their reason for voting for Biden or for being a Democrat didn't have to do with Trump's personality? I mean, legitimately, mm-hmm. when is the last time you've been in, in, in a conversation like that it's always well and then they'll say things that sound like they're talking about policy like oh well his um policy on covid has been terrible well has it he's yeah he's been terrible on covid Two hundred thousand people have died you know this is the lie that the media is pushing right now and you go well what part of his policy was bad and they go well he says he won't wear a mask which maybe that's true maybe that's not it depends on the time of day whether or not that's true but then you look at his actual policy. He was shutting down. Uh, he was shutting down travel from China when Joe Biden was saying that it was xenophobic and racist to shut down travel from China. And Nancy Pelosi was out in the streets in Chinatown without a mask, saying, "Come on, come party. There's nothing to be afraid of here." So was his policy right. really worse? And he's fast tracked. Um, you know, no Project Godspeed. What is it called? Uh, hyperspeed. I can't remember what Project. Uh, ludicrous speed. Is it light speed? If I remember correct. Uh, project. Uh, Anyhow, speeds of darkness. <laughs> Anyhow, ooh, the unreleased Pink Floyd album. At any rate, yeah. Uh, you know we're gonna have a we're gonna have a vaccine faster than any vaccines ever been developed on the face of the planet. Are mm-hmm. are you saying that he didn't do a good job there? Uh, so right. anyway, what what I'm saying is that when it, you talk about people's foibles with uh, or, or you talk about trump's foibles and people's problems with the conservative movement they're never talking about our policy they're never talking about our ideas so let's break it down actually hunter i don't want to right. put you on the spot necessarily but i think you kind of came head to head with this in your own life this week yes 
Yeah, no. So, and I was actually planning on talking about that. So I, I it's not putting it on a spot, but yeah, I participated in early voting and I did vote for Trump. Got it. Um, so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am now on the record of not voting for Gary Johnson in uh, both 2016 and Donald Trump in 2020. And I think I really chalk it up to this. I think I'm right in 2016 still. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump was the wrong pick for the Republican Party. He's done a lot of problems to um, the conservative agenda and those priorities. And I think actually our conversation is going to be proof positive of that today, um, you know, is because if we had someone, if we had a Ted Cruz, and I'm not saying Ted Cruz is the right pick, but I'm saying a more generic candidate at, at the helm, um, or even that Ted Cruz would be my pick um, at the helm, we'd be in a much different political environment right mm-hmm. now. Um, I'd hope so. And yeah, I would hope so too. Um, and then, and essentially, you know, um, but that damage has been done, mm-hmm. right? So anything I was hoping not to happen in 2016 is a little bit behind us. And then the fact is that, well, Trump is actually governed like a pretty good conservative. Right. Um, and, and I really even don't even feel comfortable saying that. I feel like the people around Trump have done a good job of implementing conservative government. You know what? Um, I think Trump actually doesn't really care. I don't, quite I don't think Trump cares either. I think when he got into yeah. office, let me put yeah. it this way. He's, he's the most conservative politician, I don't know, since Reagan. Like, uh, sure. Uh, he was That's way fair. more conservative than Bush. Um, anyhow... I think when he got into office, he wasn't a conservative. And as much as he is capable, I think you're seeing him fall in love with conservative ideas as he's going up against the media and Pelosi and Schumer every day. I think he's just realizing that this grievance culture just sucks. And maybe I, I, I think that he holds some of those ideas really fundamental now. I mean, while the while the rest of the country, you know, everyone said he was the the authoritarian, he was a tyrant, all this. Well, while the rest of the country is engaging in um, seizing of citizens' rights willy nilly, Trump refuses, you know, and he he truly right. wants to get back to business. And you could say that's that's all just because of his economy. I think he really has fallen in love with certain aspects of the conservative agenda over his time in office, um, despite being the law and order president. He hasn't overstepped state uh, and federal lines by, you know, going to the cities where the rioting has been ongoing. Yep. You know, he went, he, he did some stuff that some people found was questionable, which is really more or less people's ignorance on how some of this stuff happens um, more than anything. And the media packaging it up appropriately. Um, but, you know, he, he really hasn't like gone into Portland and, and done things like that. So with that being said, and then the fact that, you know, my choices this year were Joe Jurgensen, who I think is a little bit too libertarian, yeah. and Biden, who I really feel like, um, I feel like, I feel as several things with Biden. One, I actually like the return to normalcy, um, obviously, because I like the, I, I'm, I'm very anti the Trump rhetoric and the Trump uh, experience, if you will. Um, but the policies are really, really bad. He's he's done not speaking out on how he's going to handle filibustering and how he's going to handle packing the Supreme Court. Uh, to me, is just as norm breaking as several of the things that Trump has done. 
Um, Trump, you know, Trump, has, I, tr- Trump hasn't threatened to destroy one of the branches of government, quite frankly. Well, that's what I was about to say, except, you know, except he hasn't actually like fundamentally changed um, the rules of how one of those uh, of how certain aspects of the government right. work. You know, everybody just about anyone could come in and once a Democratic Party took over, they could kind of redo just almost everything Trump has done, especially a lot of the regulations and things. Um and then the fact that I don't think he's really good at stopping his, you know, he reads the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. That's how Biden has done so well. And I feel like when you have people like Kamala and Pete Buttigieg um, going to be a part of that um, caucus, you know, or a part of that cabinet and vice presidency, it that's really bad news. I think. I think that's the. I think that's strictly the wrong direction mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So I, I couldn't anyway. agree. I couldn't agree more with you. I think that. I think that the return. The return to normalcy for Democrats is in name only. Uh, yeah. They want to. They want to change government more fundamentally than Trump ever desired to, and certainly ever did. You know, uh, packing the Supreme Court is is the furthest thing from innocuous. In fact, if you read Hamilton uh, and the Federalist Papers, when we start packing the court, in in the founder's opinion, that's when the court ceases to exist uh, because it won't become a lifetime appointment to a legislature. Those people aren't representatives of the people. They are interpreters of the Mm -hmm. law. Um, Right. That would fundamentally change a lot of things in our country. But, you know, the left wants to govern from the bench. They want to legislate from the bench, and that's a really dangerous thing. So that that is, and I, I, I hate to do this, but I feel like it just has to be said. The main thing I've noticed, I listen to several conservative shows and several uh, uh, liberal shows um, weekly. And the main thing that has been so interesting is that on the liberal shows, you will actually hear this language of a conservative justice and a liberal justice, right? Mm-hmm. And on the conservative shows, you will you will not ever hear that. You'll hear that this, you know, the Supreme Court is supposed to interpret the law. That is their that is their job. And it's been, it's been really interesting to see that divide happen and how easy it is when you're just listening to the left shows to go, oh, the other side is playing team sports. And it's like, right. no, they are not. Right. No, they are not. It's different definitions of what that body is supposed to do. A conservative so justice. really eye-opening. A conservative justice is just a textualist justice or an originalist Correct. justice like Amy Coney Barrett is. Correct. Let's put a pin in it for that discussion. Um, th- yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what the last thing I'll say about the Biden thing before we move off of it is the – the statement that Antifa is an idea, that that for me is is pernicious. The most morally repugnant thing you can say. When Portland and Seattle have been on fire for as many days this year nearly as they haven't, and you want to say it's right. just an idea, but you'll still talk about the KKK, which still have seven people and free lemonade at their rally. Um, whatever, man. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the three areas where I think that we see this, that on its face, conservative ideas are better. So let's let's start with with who framed Kamala Harris. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, she got seriously walloped at the vice presidential debate, and it was good because I think that, uh, and this is what I said right after um, we got done watching the debate. Hunter and I were in a group message discussing points that were said. Um, and we had done the same thing for the Trump Biden debate and for the Trump Biden debate, we were usually just, um, like 
wondering when it was going to be done and asking who had the right. best snacks and whether or not Chris Wallace is a side or a back sleeper. Um, <laughs> but in, in this debate, it was consistently being impressed with Pence. And one of the things that Pence did so well in his defense of not only Trump's record, but um, conservative values is he didn't fall into the personality trap. He didn't go after Kamala. You know, he let Kamala do all the face making and the guffawing and all of that. Um, right. He had to stick his foot down uh, and get some extra time to talk because he, if you just watch the debate, it would appear like he was interrupting and going over time. He spoke equal time or potentially slightly less than Kamala Harris did. So right. that was an interesting thing too. But all he did is just, he just touted the ideas on the record. You want to talk about climate change? We'll tout the record. We'll follow the science. We're, um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna give up on our economy to fulfill the green new deal, which really thought that was a great point. Yeah. Um, and, and, well, like we had our green new deal episode, right? Like we feel the same yeah. way. Uh, we're not, we know that man-made um, anthrogenic global warming happens. The question is yep. to what degree the mm -hmm. climate summits, uh, international climate summits consistently overshoot the data. Even their most conservative estimates are much more, much more uh, rapid than what we actually find. And that's what Pence says. Finished yeah, I just finished Matthew Iglesias's book. I'm sorry about that. Um, it actually, like, and I, I just kind of pulled a Matthew Iglesias. Um, you did, but uh, his book, his book is actually really good. It's, hmm. um, and I think, I, I, I can't, and I've, I've been a, I've listened to Vox for a long time, um, on and off with the weeds, and I actually think he's, is for with that website. I actually think like. You can have like nice, good, reasonable conversations. Uh, if you want proof of that, go listen to Ben Shapiro Sunday special with Matthew. Uh, it was quite, or Matthew Iglesias. It was quite uh, friendly, even. So that just kind of shows you where that You know, if those two people are talking, it kind of gives yeah. you an idea that they can at least talk. He's not um, Carlos Maza. No, he is not. Nor well, Ezra Klein was on there, but I I feel like it was much more anta antagonistic with Ezra. Yeah, um, but. Getting away from my point, um, in his book, he makes the same claim that you hear Ben Shapiro make, that at the end of this century, you know, we will raise temperature, you know, somewhere from two to four degrees Celsius, you know, and that is, you know, and it's, that is wherever, that is the middle ground there, is that at the end of the century, two to four degrees Celsius, higher sea levels, some population movement, you know, um, that's not a radical position to take, and I think Pence did a really nice job of saying like, that's our position, you know, we're waiting for technology, we're waiting for improvements, we're not there yet, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to destroy our economy and kill people when that's our future. And, you know, it felt like the Kamala response and the Biden response in tandem to that was, well, you don't believe in science. <laughs> you're right. Right. And so it, it just kind of falls flat when you're like, well, no, I do. In fact, you know, most of the commentators agree exactly with what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, the, um, the, so anyway. they opened up this line of play with with Gore back in back in the 90s, early 2000s, I guess. And they just never got off of it. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's just their new religion. It has nothing to do with actual science. And you know, he answered a bunch of questions really well. Go watch the debate. What what? As far as this this uh, episode is concerned, basically the point of the discussion is he he handily won the debate, and he didn't have to be a bully. He didn't have to right. have to stand on anybody's neck. All that he did was sit and tout the record and and uh pitch the ideas and it went really well if you haven't watched it go watch it it's uh uh, i was always you know kind of whatever about pence just he wasn't very exciting man he did a fantastic job i'd vote for him in a heartbeat uh really yeah apparently he has a talk radio background so you can kind of see that coming through there a little bit in the debate you know he just like knows how to set up questions knows how to uh handle his way through there and it's very interesting to watch someone be very, very respectful and reserved while your opponent is guffawing, like you said, Chris, yeah. um, and kind of, and kind of, you know, excuse me. And the thing too that's funny about that is now that you, you know, it's one thing to say like I'm talking, you know, and things like that. And I think those are effective communication tactics. I think they're effective in debate. You know, I, I'm not saying that 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 that's necessarily a bad tactic, but if you overdo it, it gets weird. And then more importantly, if at the end of it, we can all, because you know this is going to happen, if we go and look at the time of who spoke, and you spoke more, or at least equal, then you've, like, going, it's my turn to speak, right. really loses its impact. Uh, now, and look, who's going who's gonna to look at those details besides you and me, <laughs> you know, is one question. Good point. But at the same time, it's like, you know... It's relevant, I think. Anyway, and and let's let me let me jump in right here, and I, then maybe we can move on to the Amy Coney Barrett issue. But sure. that's so key. In the Trump debate, he wouldn't shut up, and Biden just got got to go. Come on, man, shut up! You're an idiot. You know, do that little Biden thing. He shot straight from the yeah. shoulder. Um, you dog face pony soldier, shooting straight from the soldier. <laughs> you dog face pony. That rhymes so well that I need to pause really the good. recording and make a rap write a song I have okay to do. okay anyhow it let biden just sit there and say personality 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 how many times in the in the pence uh harris debate did kamala say hold on i want equal time i want to speak i i'm, I'm gonna have my say and bring right. the whole thing to a screeching halt and then have it and have no idea no no substance to go on she did it about packing right. the court she did it uh mm-hmm. about the green new deal when she was saying mm-hmm. do we do not do we not support it she did it time and time and time again and that's why then you as a conservative go to the ideas our ideas win our ideas are better uh, that doesn't mean the right has always embraced conservatism but conservative right. ideas are better than liberal ones, than, than I should say at leftist you. ones. Um, right, right. Okay, anyhow, let's put a pin in that. So first, example one, the Pence-Harris uh, debates. Example two, the, the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. Let's talk about one of the most impressive women in politics that's been hiding under the radar for too long. I mean, this woman is something mm. else. She is a protege of Scalia, one of our best justices, in my opinion, um, both from a moral standpoint, from what I know, and um, a textualist, originalist standpoint. This is, this is um, you know, the justice that was 
great friends with his arch rival, uh, Notorious RBG, and mm. and they had this this beautiful loving relationship buying each other gifts and flowers and stuff a real stand-up guy who stood up for the constitution so she's one of his i think she clerked for him back in the day um i think you're right and and then she goes to the congressional hearings they trot out every character attack in the book Maisie hirono who Honestly, the dumb, the dumbest people in my high school class were, would have been better senators than Maisie Hirono. They're more intelligent people mm. than P- Maisie Hirono. <laughs> like, ser- the, the guys who, like, had to drop out for six months at a time because they, like, fried their brain on Molly back in school, I think they're still more intelligent than Maisie Hirono. I've, <laughs> to, to hear her talk is to um it, it's the doldrums from the phantom toll booth it you can you can drive forever and go nowhere she is completely inept and this the senator from hawaii asked amy coney barrett if she's ever sexually assaulted somebody because what that was insane okay what did you think was going to happen? Did you think that she was going to say yes and you would just have another Kavanaugh fall into your lap? Potentially the most intelligent part of you. I like what what was the gameplay there? Was was the yeah. goal just to say Amy Coney Barrett and sexual assault or rape in the same sentence? Like I, I I'm so flustered by that entire exchange. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely it's definitely an attempt to remind everybody that, um, hey, Kavanaugh happened and we're not happy about it, you know, and so we're going to keep mentioning that. Um, at the same time, I think it's a, I think it I think it's just an attempt to get on TV, which most of this is <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you've got four days; it's tons of hours. Um, you know, politics are going everywhere. And what really is happening here is people want sound bites, right? Yeah. And well, and you miss the mark. Sometimes you hit, right? Well, that's the thing is like when you're trying to get a sound bite, sometimes you can score points for the other team. Right. And I'm not trying to say that should be the goal of senators. I'm just saying that that is what they do sometimes. Um, and this is, this was obviously a bad one. I think it, I think there's, you know, just very obvious that one, there's just been a lot less attacks on ACB um, as compared to Kavanaugh. And you could say, well, rightfully so. Or you could say, well, you know, whatever you want to say there. Well, Um, let me put it this way. You have to be a little bit more creative because you do. I think if you're Maisie Hirono and you're walking up the, the lawn to the to the Senate building and uh, you just ask a hundred random people like, hey, here's a picture of uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Should I accuse her of rape today? Most people would be right. like, no, I don't think that'll stick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. there would only be one answer on that family feud board. So you, yeah. can't just, yeah, right. you can't just go with Kavanaugh like, hey, do you like beer? And then now we've got him. You right. know what I'm saying? So, now we got him. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But... Uh, you know, then Cory Booker tried to get her into the "Will you condemn white supremacist trap. 
Um, she was super well spoken. She brought up uh, this this um, blind clerk named Laura Volk, who talked about it, it right. is Laura, isn't it? I want. Uh, I don't know the clerk's name. I just remembered that she was blind. I'm like twenty percent um, sure. I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I found the thing that Booker said to just be kind of really distasteful. I also thought it was actually pretty good politicking, um, meaning that he wasn't trying to say that at least this is my read on it, that ACB was necessarily going to say she supported white supremacy, uh, you know, or something ridiculous like that. I think what he was really attempting to show is how easy it was to get that question right. You know what I mean? In contrast of Trump absolutely botching it uh, a couple of days before. Sure. Um, and that's, that's now, fair. Now, it still reads bad. You know, it still looks like, you know, you ask this 30-year-old, uh, smart, intelligent mother of six, I think it's six, um, that will she condemn white supremacy when she has two adopted children from uh, Haiti, you know, and it's just kind of, really, dude? But but I also think, I also don't know if that was necessarily his job. I suppose that one both was, you know, reads pretty well. Uh, from the Democratic side and reads pretty well from the Republican side. So, yeah, anyway. you know, I think that I think that all th- I think all things considered, it it was it was just a character attack that was incredibly misplaced. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, even exactly if your right. point was to get at Trump, this isn't the time for that. And Right. And it, do your job. Once again, it has everything to do with shifting from the personality from the ideas to the personality. So mm. let's shift. When when ACB got a chance to discuss her ideas, this this hearing was so easy for her. There's this amazing moment where uh, yeah. she just held up her notes and there was nothing on them because yeah. it's easy yeah. it's easy to say I will be faithful to the text. I'll be a faithful to the intent of the Constitution. And then I'm going to um, I'm going to let everything all the other chips fall where they may, and not bring my personal politics into the issues. And, That's not my job. And on the other hand, they you know she was called racist for adopting Haitian uh, Haitian orphans, and d- d- which is one right. of the most disgusting critiques disgusting. you can you can level. If you don't have right. if you don't have any room in your heart for orphans, if you'd rather if if you're so evil that you will condemn other people for adopting children of a different race because you're destroying their right. culture. You, you do right. me a favor and go directly to hell. Uh, seriously, well, seriously, turn off the podcast and go to hell. There's something so Christian. disgusting about not having compassion for children. Um, and then in turn, trying to use them as a political prop. That's really, really disgusting to me. This is exactly why critical race theory is so dangerous. Right. Right. Is because it doesn't see, Amy Coney's Barrett's action is altruistic. It sees it as a grab for power. Well, and it also doesn't see those children as human beings is the other problem. Right. It sees them right, right, as, right, right, as right, a right. continuation of colonialism as opposed yes, to exactly right. two precious little babies that were in need. So, yeah. seriously... Uh, go. Who, who their mothers sat with them and discussed George Floyd. Right. Like, you know, right. in like... So, go... go. Tearing, terrifying detail. Tubing yourself. 
um, if that's right. where you're coming from. Regardless, though, she did a fantastic job, and it, 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 had, it was so simple for her. She didn't need to take any notes. She touted the conservative ideas. This is a great t- time to bring up what you were mentioning earlier. There's no such thing as a conservative justice. There, right, there exactly. are no conservative activists on the bench. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a liberal activist. Um, and right. Roberts is an idiot and a, a weakling <laughs> and a fool. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say this sounded that her hearing sounded very similar to Gorsuch's. Yes, in a lot of ways. Right. Um, right. So, so anyway, the 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 difference is conservatives want people that uphold the values of the Constitution, and right. on the other hand. The Democrats want folks that will legislate from the bench. One of the reasons they're so afraid of Amy Coney Barrett, uh, other than the fact that a a woman who is confident enough to have a career and children terrifies them uh, because they have no idea. You would never find her in a women's studies class. So how in the world could you follow her out and then smell her chair once she left, you pathetic male Ew. feminists? But anyhow, Ew. in addition to that... Um, they they're horrified by somebody who's religious, somebody who's family oriented, who likes the traditional family getting on the bench right. because they are worried that she will act as poorly in that situation as they would. And they don't, there's yeah. no such thing as a conservative justice. There's, there's originalist and textualist judges, which by the way, even Brett Kavanaugh isn't one of them. Even Brett's right. not what you only have the activist judges on one side. So they're not really afraid of Amy Coney Barrett. They're afraid of what they would do if they were in the position Amy Coney Barrett is in. What what you're right. That's that's the issue. So again, they, they make it about personality and power, and the conservatives want to make it about the facts and what we're here to do and the record and the ideas and the and the beauty of the ideas when you take them seriously. What does that lead to? Right. Well, now a majority of Americans across the aisle, even when Trump is down nine points in nationwide polling, the majority of Americans support ACB's nomination. That's pretty incredible. Like, why Why do you... If it was just a political game for everybody, then why wouldn't the ACB approval ratings be tracking perfectly Donald Trump's approval ratings? They should be, but they're not. So what that tells you is that even folks on the other side of the aisle who might not be voting for Trump might be voting for Biden. When you get a chance to just sit down and listen to conservative ideas in this space, they're better. More people agree with them. They hear she's a she's an holdover from The Handmaid's Tale and she's an element of oppression and she's a colonialist. But then when they actually hear the ideas, when you strip the personality away and deal with the ideas, the majority of Americans love her and the majority of Americans support her nomination. With, right. The ideas are better, yeah. and it proves itself out again. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's the thing. I think one thing that she's there that is so good is the fact that the um, liberals are afraid of how they would act on the bench, which is exactly right. And it's the thing that has just become so clear to me after listening to all um, the podcasts and material that I have from both sides is the fact that you know they're worried that someone is going to rule conservatively from the bench, and conservatives don't want that Mm-mm. they don't want conservative justices do they do they want their policy to be enacted of course they do you know but they know that the judiciary isn't this place for that to happen right right 
there and that's the thing that's so critical i think to remember is that you know we've had some very liberal rulings from the from the supreme court right um and they have rewritten laws and added two laws you know things that weren't there before essentially and the conservative viewpoint is that maybe those weren't bad calls that's not the place where it happens right maybe right? we agree and i think that's maybe we don't but we disagree with the method and, and, you know right exactly, the same can right. be seen from like a, you know just look at bush's executive orders and uh obama's executive orders look at Obama's and and Trump's executive orders. I mean, there's a right. there's a way to handle things. You know, the idea that Obama had more executive orders processed while he was president compared to Bush, who was president during 9/11, that should be shocking. Like that, that that's be. insane. What you see yet again is that this return to normalcy is a sham. Conservatives are the ones who want to maintain our government, even if we've destroyed ourselves in the toxic deluge of our own incompetent rhetoric. But the the normalcy exists only in one party at the moment um yeah you know in in addition to that i think that we should we should talk about the town hall um yeah the town hall to kind of to kind of wrap this up Uh, oh you know what before we move on i will say one thing about uh, one of the points you were making about the uh supreme court some of the worst decisions that have ever been made at the Supreme Court came when we were trying to legislate from the bench. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. When you like yeah. like look it up. Not a great decision. And mm-hmm. and how about um how about uh Roe versus Wade? Now, you might agree with where Roe versus Wade ended up, but it was absolutely a horrifying decision it borrowed from the uh penumbras and emanations talk which is nonsense and it pretty much directly contradicts uh counter ca- <clears throat> contradicts the there we are thank you i was like counters contra okay it almost directly <laughs> contradicts the delineation of of powers between the federal and state governments i mean it's just a bad decision it's an anti-constitutional decision uh anyhow no no you're right um but yeah let's talk about the town hall um yeah this was something this was really nice well reserved uh kind and trump didn't mention QAnon at all um so we don't even need to talk about it (laughs) so that's great that's how I want to start this this part of it. I actually think um, the thing that's so funny is the soft-handed babiness of the uh, Biden's town hall at the same time versus the town hall Trump was a part of and just how antagonistic it was. You know, that tells you a lot of things right there um, and who's actually, you know, getting treated poorly by the media and things like that. Um, that being said... Uh, you know, there are parts of this that happened similar to Trump's debate. Um, there are parts of it that did not, um, he got some things right here and he also kind of looked petulant. Um, it's, you know, it's a mixed bag. It makes me very interested for Thursday tomorrow too. Uh, sorry, uh, Thursday, two days from now, um, you know, where we'll have Trump and Biden again, Mm -hmm. um, 
obviously we'll have the muting rules in place there. So who knows if that really makes big changes, but I'm very curious to see what the strategy is going into that debate. And I'm quite certain that I'll be disappointed that uh, Trump essentially will just do exactly what he did last time. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm, you know, what looks a lot worse than just talking blindly like over somebody uh, is doing the same thing while your mic's off and just sitting there talking to no one. <laughs> It's exactly when I like it didn't take me 10 seconds to get that image in my head. Yeah. Like, I bet you he's going to scream so that he can be heard on Biden's mind. I don't think that's like what I, I was. I thinking. honestly don't think he will. But we'll ha- we'll have to see. I, I, right, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be surprised. I would be surprised yeah. if it, it'd be great. I, I'd Sorry, be surprised if he didn't take a look at the reaction to um, his town hall and the reaction to his uh or to pence's debate debate and say okay that's really what i want to do that's really yeah now can he hack it who knows but but yeah you know what if if the town if town hall trump shows up at biden's uh debate he's gonna win he's gonna win the debate i don't know about the election okay uh okay okay he's, he's gonna win the debate if he can sit back Take the attacks while they come. He's going to be fighting the moderator as well. But if he handles if he handles this discussion like he handled Savannah Guthrie plus E.V. Ferguson pretty handily, but mm. but and why you ask why? Well, Hannah Guthrie started out on ten minutes of stuff that nobody cares about, which is when Trump tested for COVID. Who cares? He didn't infect anybody at the debate, so why are you trying to make it an issue? Um, and then. We, they transitioned into his COVID strategy, and all he did was just tap the record. He just kept he, he the record pulled up, and he slapped the side of it, and he, he said, "Still runs great." You know what I'm saying? Still works good. Um, yeah. He said, "You know, all the all the governors got everything that they needed. People who don't like me kept saying that we had done everything that we could." Fauci said that he couldn't imagine an administration doing more, which Fauci wants to whine about, but Fauci's just a whiner in a, a lot of the time. Um, and then, then he said, and I, I wanted to lock down before anybody else. They pivoted to, um, different issues, issues about the economy and how it was recovering. And he just tapped the record. He said, Hey, before a bunch of your liberal state governors shut down every business, uh, we had the strongest economy, the lowest unemployment, just tapped the record, calm right handled handled the the criticisms and went to the went to the um went to the facts went to the ideas and that's so key again you know that the uh, a majority of americans right now it's something like 56 57% of americans right now based on some gallup poll say that they are better off now than they were 4 years ago and that right. includes yep, yep, yep. that's factoring in covid that's a cra- right, crazy exactly thing right. to say. I mean, how much how much mm. in the green do you have to be to to add in COVID and still the majority of people say we're better off. We'd rather be here. We'd rather be in 2020 than 2016. And to be very clear to people, that's not usual because that that is typically read, you know, that language is obviously read in other previous polls referring to the president. 
right? Right. And so typically we do not see that. You know, it's usually the other direction. Um, you know, for for whatever reason, the independents don't like the new guy. So mm-hmm. anyway. And so he did a great job. He did a great job there. And that's why it's so strange to see him trailing by nine points. You literally do have to lay all of that at the feet of his rhetoric. You have to lay all right, of it at the, exactly at the right. feet of his unlikable personality. And his tweets. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to play, play to that energetic base that wants you to be a troll, that wants you to go out and smash people. You know, that wants you to call CNN dumb bastards. And by the way, they are. But it's, <laughs> it's um, and if you don't believe me, well, finish what you're doing, zip your pants up and, and breeze through, you know, uh, some, of, some of their <laughs> publications. Um, anyhow, yeah. uh, the, just ask Jeffrey. Anyhow, the the truth of the matter is that when you have record low unemployment, the majority of Americans say things are better off than they were four years ago, including COVID. It's it's unprecedented. He has governed exceptionally well. And the reason that he's governed exceptionally well isn't because he's a brainiac. It's because he's not. It's because, you know what, he, right. he got, he understood what the founders um meant when they said that the government would not be a place for the for the best among us you know what i'm saying right. they're volunteers yes. and what trump's really good at is getting out of the way when he's got a great um a great pick for a cabinet spot when he's got a great director he gets out of the way when he's got a great general he gets out of the way and yeah he quibbles with people here and there but you know one of the reasons that that um, Nikki Haley was so successful in the United Nations was because she would just call Trump on the phone and he would do what she said. You know, that's the misogynist president for you, by the way. Nikki Haley goes right. around talking about what a, how good he was to her um, and how he trusted her. And that's good. It's good for him not to have to be the smartest guy all the time. Then he gets on stage and he turns into... Oh, well, it was all me. It was, yeah, and it's it's odious. It's odious. But yeah. that's I guess that's my pitch for this show. I guess my pitch is that, you know what? Who cares? At this point, we've had it for four years. It's not going anywhere. It's not getting worse. Who cares? Grow up and vote for Trump. If you don't, <laughs> it, seriously, at this point, if you don't, what's your alternative? You're going to go with... The rules for thee and not for me of Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the the congressional Democrats and the squad who just literally can't walk around a corner without falling down a hole of racism. And um, are are you going to go with Joe Biden, who says that uh, he doesn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle? And if you're not voting for him, you ain't black. And oh, by the way, I support the Green New Deal and I don't support the Green New Deal. And oh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you if I pack the Supreme Court because you don't deserve to know. Or wait, you do deserve to know, but just not yet, but maybe later. But we'll see. And it depends on what they do with the Coney Barrett hearings. Are you going to let? Are you going to do it to someone who's holding one of the branches of government ransom? Are you going to? Right. Are you going to go instead with Kamala Harris, who listened to Snoop Dogg before he was born and then hung out with him after he died? 
and and she inhaled and she inhaled <laughs> uh not snoop dog i mean uh what's what's his name um the like the most famous rapper of all time who died by getting shot and then they made a hologram of him tupac thank you tupac shakur um there anyhow are. Are, are is it going to be her are you going to go with Kamala Harris, who can say that the president, uh, the presidential nominee of the Democratic Party is a rapist and a rapist, and then as soon as he picks her to go to the dance with him, then she says, oh, that was just a debate. We were just playing. We can just throw around right. accusations like rape and racism. We'll just throw those around because all's fair in love and war. Are you going to go and with... laugh about it like a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Like like somehow Heath Ledger came back to life and possessed Joaquin Phoenix for a, a power joker laugh where the face actually right. wraps or the lips actually wrap all the way around into the ear so she can hear herself chew. Here's Yo. the, well, I mean, look at it. Anyhow, here's the point. Are you willing to take a slightly better coat of paint, depending on who you ask, a slightly better veneer, in exchange for the core of the American, the American system and the American experiment, which is the ideas of the Constitution and of conservatism, the ideas of checks and balances, the idea that we should have a small, manageable central government, the idea that we don't have to agree, but we have to, be, we have to allow each other to live our lives, the idea that we should be able to swing our fists around till it bonks somebody else in the nose. Are you willing to trade all of that away for a slightly better coat of paint? I think the answer should be no. So that's my pitch is grow up and vote for Trump. Grow up and vote for Trump. You know, yeah. there, was a, there was a magazine, I wish I could remember what it was, um, that just posted an article, a, a mainstream leftist magazine that says the Democratic Party needs to seri- seriously consider doing away with the Constitution. Yeah, I did read that. That is quite something. Oh, I probably have it right here. Um, did you have Did you have uh, okay. something to say? I, I can look this up for a second. No, go ahead. Uh, I think, you know, with... The, the thing about that is it's, it's not that surprising. Um, you know, we see quite a disdain, uh, even as far back as Woodrow Wilson, you know, mm-hmm. for that founding principle of limitation, you know, of... The reason the government exists is because I have rights, right? And it's the government's job to make sure that I can have those rights and not to take them away and not to let anybody else take them away from me. That's their job. And, you know, the progressives, and I mean that not in as a slur, but it's from like the party since like the early um, 19th, uh, the early 20th century, has made it its mission to tweak, adjust the formulas, and try to cr- use government to make um, the perfect society right. and believes that it needs to do that in perpetuity. And you, you're you more than willing to make things better, but just because you change something doesn't mean it's better. And right. I think that's the lost conversation that is so scary. So what... When I hear this right now, it's just not that surprising. 
I think the left has gotten crazy with wanting to change everything. And I think the right has gotten crazy with wanting to keep everything the same. And that's not going to work. Either of those are going to lead us into um, stagnation or into um, will become unraveled. You know, I, uh, unraveled. I'll say though, I'll say though, stagnation is better than change for change's sake. In fact, part of the thing that's made that's our fair. experiment so enduring is that when it's not clear what path we should take, or when there's not general consensus yes. that we should take the next step together, we don't step. And that's that's right, the exactly. that's the right move. It's the right call. It's based on ideas that are more eternal than just the political. It's based on the idea that you should listen twice as much as you speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and the, that idea is is you know older than the Bible, as old as the Bible. You know that right. if you're a fool, don't talk, and at least people think you're smart. Um, <laughs> the, the article is called the Constitution. So, so I, I am saddened too by the fact that the left and the right aren't talking to one another right now. But you know what? The, it the, it proves itself out again and again. If we have to go with one hegemonic side, the side that's saying let's wait, and the side that says go now, and by any means necessary, I'm going to side with the side that says let's wait every single time. Every single time, yeah. because the ideas are strictly better and more popular. I know that drives people crazy. And, and by the way, popularity isn't what makes them good. But when people are given the opportunity to actually hear the ideas without being concerned with the toxic veneer of personality, they win. Amy Coney Barrett is up. Uh, Trump was up after the, after the town hall as compared to his first debate. There's there's effectively no disagreement that Pence clobbered Harris in the debate. When you let the ideas stand on their own, they're better. The It's from thenewrepublic.com. The title is The Constitution is the Crisis. And here's a quote. The American left should work towards abolishing the Constitution someday, either for a new document or a new democratic order without a written Constitution. So that's not a fringe website. It's the New Republic. It's a fairly mainstream site. And... That's that's what that's the fire that we're playing with right now. So you you think Joe's a return to normalcy? If you're one of these never Trump Republicans, that you know you you just have to clutch your pearls at the rhetoric. Look, I don't like it either, but I'm not a child. Grow up, vote for yeah. Trump. Don't trade don't trade the Republic in for some popularity right now. That's my take. Yeah, I think. I think when you have to make a, a bad decision between bad options, um, but there is one option that is less bad, and when that less bad option, you have an ability to help see it come to fruition, I think it's responsible to make sure that the less bad option comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how moral it is. I think the most moral thing would be to ensure that that didn't happen and the right thing did happen, but that's a really complicated thing to ask for people to do. And it's not necessarily clear that they could be capable of it or that it's necessarily what they should be doing with their lives. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, for a lot of us, um, you know, this show is one way that we, we deal with these problems, but you know, I have other things in my life that are more important to me than the show and other things that are more important to me than figuring out, um, who, you know, how to get the right person into office, right. you know? Um, and so that's somebody else cross to bear, I assume. And I don't say that to 
abdicate that responsibility. It's just that, you know, the responsibilities that I have to care for are not those in this lifetime. So here's something we can um, all agree yeah. on, though. Let's not vote for Joe Jorgensen. I don't. Well, what about Jeffrey Tubin? I don't know what happened over there, but um, what about Tubin? Uh, have you ever been Tubin? Yeah, of course. It's fun. Down the hooch. Uh, shooting the hooch. Um, shooting the hooch. One step closer to doxing ourselves every day. Uh, I, yeah, no doubt. I, just you try it. Just you try it. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I think I think that's a fine place to leave it, Hunter. Um, Agreed. Uh, but seriously, if you if you want a good laugh, then do go look up Joe Jorgensen's FAQ on her website. It is it's pretty enlightening. Good. I don't even think she believes that we should be like importing cereal from Europe. Like I, she's <laughs> a real isolationist. Um, yeah, and it's kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still like Israel. That's a good topic for one day. Is what do we do with foreign interventions? That'd be interesting. And I think I, I mean I voted for I voted for uh, Gary Johnson. You did too. Not all libertarians are right. created equal. Hunter, we have an email. Yeah, we actually do have an email. Are you, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, I have it pulled up. Do you have it pulled up? Go for okay. it. Okay, I do. Well, you read it then. Well, you have it pulled up though. You just said you had it pulled up. Please don't do this to me. Yeah, don't. Oh, I don't correct. know what you're doing right now, oh. but do not do this to me. Oh, oh no, I lost it. Okay, crap. From Haley. Hello. Uh huh. Long time listener, first time writer. Well, based on that comma splice, I do think it's your first time writing. Zing. I don't think that there's been a time in my young life. Um, I actually know this individual. Not sure. I would say young. Where I have ever been so incensed as to actually take the time out of my day to write any sort of hate mail. Period. Um, okay, interesting. Let's also just say it's not take the time out of my day. It's take time. Unless you took all the time out of your day. Okay. Then we're starting, we're starting the uh, <laughs> next sentence with uh, now, a conjunction. So I guess that's what we're doing now. But boy, was I peeved this morning. I woke up, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to take on the day, and became even more so when I delightedly discovered there was a new episode of Carpooling to charm both my ears and mind with. Well, that's nice. Imagine my that's horror. Nice. That's good. Imagine my horror when, not even two minutes into the episode, I was subjected to a multi-minute rant filled with preposterousness of the highest order, of the most despicable kind, denouncing the life fluffy, flaky deliciousness that is the Supreme Donut Shop, Dunkin' Donuts. Um, all right. So obviously nice. this person is, well, I would say they're, they're mentally impaired to a certain extent. Oh, oh that's right. I would say that's that right. their, their olfactory senses are probably System. crippled because they right. can't, right, right, right. you know, taste is, is 90% smell or something like this. But let's go yeah. on. Being forced to listen to two schmucks. Um, okay, darling, I know that. There's only one schmuck on this podcast. <laughs> and it's Hunter. I'll um, have you know. Also, I know that technology is hard. I know that I know you, you claim to be young. However, you're much closer to the age of calling me to ask how to reset the VCR. Um, 
<laughs> no one forced you to listen to it. So when you say you're being forced to listen to two schmucks, you're allowed to just hit pause. Oh, oh I, uh, I, I have a confession to make. All right. I tentatively allow it. <laughs> Very tentatively. I may, I may be forcing this individual to listen to the podcast at gunpoint. Maybe. How many that. felonies do you want to admit to every episode? Because you know, if we ever make it big, you're just going to be dead. I'm not going to be able to save you. Many, um, I don't know how many felonies I've admitted to in a single episode, but my goal is always one more than the last time. <laughs> being forced to listen to two schmucks, not forced, you're just kind of dumb, who have only recently discovered what fitness means due to what could have been a typo by their sponsor's partnership acquisition team. Hunter, that brings me to a great point. FNXFit.com. Right, okay. Go get you some. Just go get you some. And you know what? Just go get you go some. Go right now to carlpooling.com slash FNX. I took another one of their sleeping aids last night. I'm still asleep right now. That's how well rested I yeah. am, is that I'm currently still resting and being productive. It is I can't believe one it. of the most miraculous products on the market. On the market? Uh, on the market? <laughs> on the market. <laughs> Um, I was reading the word yeah. partnership, and bam, that'll happen to you. That's but fantastic. Can you blame well, me you for? Asleep, I am. So a, okay. I'm completely 100 percent asleep right now. So yeah, I didn't even notice. Let, let he for who was without snooze cast the first stone. I yeah. Uh, also, have been enjoying their their hydration packs. I am currently so hydrated that if you bump into me, I will leave your shirt wet like I was a sponge. Ew. If I give you a if Ew. I give you a hug. I will coat you in electrolytes, and I, it's Christopher. We want to sell the product, not not make people think they're going to turn into swamp. Look, thing. if you've never gotten high, like gotten a total electrolyte buzz, if it, it, do uh-huh. this, go to the store right now and buy a beer funnel and buy a twelve pack of Gatorade and just get do to it. it. And look, you'll for one, you'll be able to see the color that is Berry Blast of the wind. Oh yeah, I'm telling you, uh, I'm so hopped up and asleep right now. Uh, <laughs> so use checkout code CarlPulling for fifteen. That's one five percent off. Thank you to those of you that have already made purchases. Um, you know, people sometimes are like, "Are you guys going to make a, a Patreon? Are you guys going to do this or that?" Maybe eventually, but if you really want to support us right now, this is a great way to do it um, and get a product for yourself while you're at it. Uh, they've got they've got a bunch of great stuff. Go use checkout code CarlPulling, fifteen percent off, and it gives me a free pack of gum. All right, so FNX um, Fit, you need gains. Go get go gain them. Go go gain yeah. gains. Go gain some gains. All that you stand to lose is the gains you won't gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so. Our sponsorship partnership acquisition team go on about how the cloying saccharin syrup used as so-called glaze by Krispy Kreme makes them somehow, all caps, superior, was utterly maddening. I didn't like the the third Reichian tone like in that. that at all. I didn't like that at all. You, That's wrong. You know what? Her last name is German. I don't know what to say about this. Ah. Have you been so mm. coddled by a diet full of bonbons and soda that your taste buds now reject subtlety? I won't even touch on their absolutely dismal array of flavors. Seriously, ever heard of an eclair French boy? So, for one, she's going to use the word bonbon 
and then accuse other people of being French boys. Also, speaking of subtlety, did you read your own email? I mean, (laughs) sure, the donuts might drip of saccharin, but this just drips of all the self-importance of somebody who bought their first thesaurus and is really into it. Um, I am extremely discouraged by the trash that you egregiously, very good, egregiously, decided to throw out into the world this day and fervently hope that the two of you will stick to what you know from now on, the pool of which appears to be draining by the second. Take care. Disappointed. Um, You know what? You take care, too. That entire email was a contradiction wrapped in ignorance that... I don't think we even have to answer. So l- let me just put it to you this way. If you guys want to be on uh, Team Duncan, I wouldn't go to the meetings because this is what you're getting into. Anything <laughs> else to say about that? Um, yeah, I should have read that email. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know what I was setting you up for. Look, so. I, I hate the listener whenever possible. It's, uh, it's a key right, to good exactly. podcasting. All right, well, I think that about yeah. wraps it up. What else do we have? Nothing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, follow the show, uh, Carl Pulling, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Emotional Carl and Chris at Chris X Carl on the same uh, social medias. We got a Facebook page. Rate us on iTunes. Uh, you know, review five stars, no one stars. If you have a one star, please reach out to our customer helpline so we can help you f- help you fix that problem. Uh, there's an email address. Yeah, you can get verbally it's, abused on the show uh, as our, well. Our uh, helpline is uh, Project Veritas at protonmail.com. Just any That's, complaints, please send them to attention James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, yeah. protonmail.com. Yeah, he works for us. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you can email the show so Christopher can verbally abuse you as well. Uh, it's carpooling at gmail.com. Uh, if you write in with good opinions, though, we'll actually praise you. So, you know, there's a little incentive there. Um, is there anything I'm leaving out? I don't think so. Email? Uh, iTunes, cool. FNX cool, Fit. Cool, cool. Go get it, guys. Carlpooling.com slash FNX. Yeah. FNX Fit. Get the game. Uh, this is very important. If you've been on a Zoom call recently and you're worried uh-huh. that one uh-huh. of the participants might have been Jeffrey Tubin, if at uh, any point... You've had this written since it, the beginning of the show. At any point during that Zoom call, you use the fingerprint print reader on your computer... Trust me, go get tested. Oh my God.